Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm the London Underground. And I'm on strike. Welcome back to the podcast. These trains may be testing us, but we shall persist as nothing comes above you, our dear listeners. Yes, those buns must be kept sticky at all times. Right, this week we're getting towards the pointy end of series four. My favourite ends sure are pointy. I don't even know what that means, David. This week is episode six and the bakers are tackling sweet dough. My favourite dough is sweet. Right, sure. Let's get on with it, shall we? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oh, it's David to lead. Oh, why am I... The next week when I've written all the things down... We've got to keep this bit written... in. Oh. You're meant to watch both episodes. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've written good for this one, but so the next we, one... We're, we're doing a batch oh. record and David was really proud of himself yet again for doing the bare fucking minimum on episode... What is it? 72? One? You just said I've, I've, I've written good for it. I've written good? What? What's, what are you talking about, Alex? It's bad writing to say I've written good. But I didn't... He didn't write that. He said it. Yeah. Okay, so Alex has tried to make fun of us, so let's go straight in. <laughs> Alex calls his partner, his missus. What do you think about that, David? I mean, ick upon ick. It's disgusting. Really it's disgusting. Oh, I'd really. The wife, the old ball and chain. Is that what you call her? I don't say ball and chain. <laughs> I think it's appalling. You should be ashamed of yourself. Not just for the heteronormativity of it all, but also just the missus. But what is okay? I don't like baby. I like babe, but it does make me think of like that little pig. <laughs> and someone's cute. like, I'm doing good, babe. And I'm like, oh, babe. <laughs> I wonder how they're doing now. Thing is, it depends on the person and how they're saying it. Probably bacon. Because to be fair, I actually don't really mind Alex saying the wife. I because... thought I was just saying, I don't really mind Alex. <laughs> Full stop, end of sentence. I don't really mind Alex. I don't think it's that bad if Alex says the wife. He's not, he's not manly enough for it to be icky. But you're also not married. It makes no sense. That's yeah. Half the fun. Half the, what's the other half of the fun then? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's appalling. Anyway, I'm leading. Yes, leading with this, with this, all these barren notes you've written. I am. Le- no, I did actually write notes, but my issue, my thing was David, that there. there is. <laughs> I've written all the things people have, but in the next episode, we're only we're only doing batch record of two. Let's not pretend we're doing like ten at once. <laughs> yeah, in the next episode for the showstoppers, there's a million things on each one, and I paused each time and wrote out all of them. These ones I have written do you as want well. To metal. So <laughs> it's literally what I do every week. That's what this is meant to be. This week they're doing sweet dough, which I love, and the signature was a tea loaf in three hours. What is a tea loaf, Michael? Well, it's a, it's a yeasted tea loaf. This one. Because oh, a, a, a tea loaf is just like any kind of fruit cake that you wax and you kind of soak the fruit in tea normally. But this is a yeasted one, so it's like a yeasted cake, which is harder. But that's why I got a bit confused because then I was thinking, I've always thought it's about soaking the fruit in tea, but I don't think you have, isn't it that you'd have it with tea, a cup of tea? 
Or do you have to soak it in? Maybe that's where it came from. I've always soaked mine, but I, I don't know. Science, um, as a fact, I'm going to tell you all now, it's always soaked in tea. There you go. Nice. Fact. Who did you like? My top one, obviously, was going to be Kimberly because it was chai spice, date and ginger tea loaf. And I liked especially that she was making her own chai. I really hate it when people do chai on Bake Off and just use a tea bag or a packet of mix. I thought her sounded absolutely delicious. And she kind of rippled like a, like a chai spice butter through it. Yeah. That looked really good. How about you? Well, first of all, when I came in, I realized that Michael had made a tea loaf. Well, I've made a hot cross bun loaf. Well, it's a kind of a similar thing with it. It's a fruit, a fruited it yeast is. loaf, and it was all sliced, and he was getting it all packed away. It looked lovely. It smelled delicious. Put it in the freezer. I like to have my. So I like hot cross buns with marmite on top, and then I like to dip that into boiled eggs. Well, that should have been a taste test, shouldn't it? Jail. <laughs> Jail. No, it's lovely because you get the salty, the saltiness of the of the marmite, the sweetness of the bread, and the kind of gooiness of the yolk. Do you know? I would agree with you, apart from the fact I saw how you put marmite on. You put marmite on your bread, like I put chocolate spread on my bread. So much. I do like butter, and then it's like you know when you get that little tiny tip of marmite and oh, just like spread, just just the tip, <laughs> just the tip, and smear it very, very like sparingly across. You, that's so Go all salty. in, I say. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I liked the idea of Glenn's because I love panettone and I mm. love saffron. So doing a saffron nutmeg panettone is a lovely idea. The, the way he changed his mind about how he was going to cool his panettone gave me like a, made me very stressed. Yeah. Also, I don't think it matters that much because panettone as you were saying, like they stick these skewers in them and then they cool it upside down. But this was never going to be a real panettone because real panettone take about five days to do. But then he'd like managed to get one of the, it was one of the prop pots. Like it was one of the ones <laughs> that says bread on the front, which is from the displays. And yeah. then he like hooked like a wooden spoon and tied string to it. It was just like... It looked a bit wobbly as it well. It was giving repair shop and it was kind of panicking for me. It also showed that they had more time. Like with bread, you often have a lot of time where you're standing around doing things because there's not a lot of things that you're preparing for topping normally. Um, not doing a lot of preparing for topping and <laughs> story of my life there's a lot of time waiting for things to rise so <laughs> story of my life <laughs> um, i was a bit alarmed by howard trying to get them high <laughs> during this not, not, that was one of the best bits of this series it was it was basically so mary asked what hemp was because he was using <laughs> hemp flour and and Sue was trying to say it was cannabis without saying the word cannabis Sue on the BBC. Sue was reveling in it. Oh, no, was it she was no, loving it. No, it was Sue. It was Sue. I laughed a lot about it. I don't know whether I'd want that in a bread. No, I've got hemp seeds at home. And you know what? You know I'm a, I'm a seedy, nutty, dried fruit kind of guy. I've got, I go through tons of this stuff. My hemp seeds have been there for about two years. Why haven't you used them? They're not that nice. They're mm. re- like Paul was saying when he actually got to taste it. It's quite, it's bitter. It's really flowery. Does it taste like weed? No, not at all. Not at no, all. It just tastes really grassy and a bit bitter. Because like, I've got a couple of good recipes that I could tell you, but I won't because this is a family podcast. Oh, yeah. Those, I love those. Mm. So making, yeah, making weed butter and then mm. putting it into a brownie or something. With cardamom, chocolate and orange. Ooh. I've never tried it, obviously. Um, if <laughs> Maybe we should try it for the next record. <laughs> uh, but if the police are listening, we can't. But if I was to think about doing that, I, I think that would taste particularly very good. If you were to think about doing that for the next record, that would be hilarious for Alex to try one. The one thing I had with this one, so I actually love any kind of sweet bread. Love it. The problem with this, when it came to the judging, basically, Paul just kept on saying, you needed to prove that longer. You can't prove it longer if you've not given them the time. Yeah, you that annoyed to... me. And when it said, you need to prove it longer and bake it longer, what? Yeah. Ta- I mean, they probably would have liked to prove it and bake it if longer. If they can't manage it in the time, if no one can manage it in a time, there wasn't enough time. We haven't spoken about Becca and her barabrith, though. 
which she must have seen this challenge and been absolutely over the moon. But she spoke, and I find this, I think this as well. So she was saying she was adding the fruit after the first proof. Yes. No, no, she wasn't. No. Sorry, she wasn't doing that because it's too hard to do that. Yeah. And so when I was making my hot cross bun loaf yesterday, I was like, because I often find it really hard. So I normally just whack the fruit in and then just let it rise for longer because there's no time constraints at home. But I find it hard to get my fruit in. It won't stay in. But I don't think this thing about it saying that it was then too heavy to let it rise. I don't think it is a rising problem. The issue with adding your fruit at the start is right at the start. You know, when you, you don't add butter straight away as mm. well, it's because you're wanting the well, gluten, all the flour to kind of join. And then so therefore you're getting your gluten strands. And in a thing like this, you don't need it to be really, really stretchy. I melt my butter into the milk, then just pour it in. Yeah, I also made my dough yesterday and I was like, well, it looks really crumbly. I'll just add some more milk in. And I added about another hundred mils of milk. And I was like, oh, I didn't put the eggs in. But by that point, it was like a dough. And I was like, well, I'll just put them in anyway and beat it together again. That's worked out perfectly. And this is the thing. So when people say these things that you need to do, like people always say you need to heat up your milk because mm. of a certain enzyme. But if you do it without, it's worked it's just fine. Be fine. So, yeah. Did you watch the BB about Barabrith? Do you know what? I am converted to BB. Give me BB. <laughs> You've been saying that for a long time. <laughs> I have started watching them all because I think now I've realised when I watched it in the past, I did actually like it. I think in the first series, it was just so dull and boring. It was long. But actually, they were interesting. So I did watch this BB. Oh, tell everyone about it then. I didn't write it down. Was it, was it, the, was it the Barabrith one? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it was give, really give interesting. Give me your idea of a potted history of Barabrith. Whatever you've taken away from that BB. Barabrith was from Wales. Welsh Wales. Welsh Wales. But then also Patagonia, because as weirdly, there's one place in the world that speaks Welsh as well, and it's in Argentina. And their Barabrith was called black bread because they had loads more fruit and nope. stuff in it. No, nope, nope. They had something black in it. Treacle treacle so they so the barabrith comes from basically when they used to have communal ovens in like welsh <gasps> co they welsh. had communal ovens <laughs> and then Fuck at the sake. end when they baked all their bread they had a little bit of bread left over and they chucked fruit in and made barabrith and, and soaked it in tea and that's where the tea loaf came from but when they took it to patagonia they soaked it overnight in rum um, and they added treacle and more spices and yes. therefore it's a darker loaf do you know what you were halfway there yes there you uh, are a bit more than halfway half a part on the bottom for so, you so I think we need to move on quite quickly, but I would say at one point as well, I got really annoyed because was it Christine? With Christine's, hers was, she was raw. Christine was raw. And she wanted a nice smooth top. Do you like your top smooth? Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, that was quite a quick answer. Slidey. Um, but oh. then Paul said, he did that thing where he gets really angry and just said, I can't taste this because it's raw. The edge was baked. Uh, can I also just mention, Mary said, um, because she was saying the middle was underproofed, it was a bit raw in the middle. She said, a smaller loaf takes a shorter time to rise. Which just is categorically untrue. <laughs> categorically untrue. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense because yeast <laughs> takes the same amount of time to rise, no matter what size it is. Yep. All different sizes rise in the same amount of time. That's what we've all learned from this today. That's what Michael said a long time ago. <laughs> I actually wrote Mary down here as if she'd done something to bake. Oh. And then it's blank, so <laughs> she didn't do anything. Anyway, they all had a problem. Um, Francis made a bum, a nice golden bum, and she, she probably did. did the best. Hers was probably just proved and baked Ruby's perfect. was very good as well and I love that yeah. she glazed hers with um, a bit of orange marmalade yeah and hers they basically did it a bit smaller so they're all kind of failed a bit on the signature technical they were doing an apricot coron in two and three quarter hours which is quite similar to what they've just been doing in the technical really yeah I liked it do you mean the signature signature yeah this is I, I loved it I thought it was a really good challenge it was a good enough a good amount of time the best part of the entire challenge was when someone was about to put their dough in to prove in the proving drawer and then <laughs> Mel went is that gonna work and they went yeah and she went prove it <laughs> absolutely brilliant <laughs> do you know what Mel and Sue once you've got to series four you realize 
first of all, they are comic geniuses. Yeah. But also, they get away with quite a lot. Like, there's the innuendos that come from people like Mary that are just funny, but they say quite rude things. Like, yeah. when it's a technical and she's saying that Paul and Mary go off to the sex dungeon. <laughs> things. <laughs> it's so funny. But what I also love about them, and I think I wrote this down for later on, but like, they actually genuinely are helping. So when they need a spare pair of hands at the bench, like, you'll see Sue just holding a, a piping bag as they fill into it. And like, they seem, I don't know whether it's real or not, because... You never know what you're seeing and what's actually been filmed. But they seem more present in the tent, just running around. Definitely. And like you say, helping, because now, like in our series, the presenters would actively not help. Like it was kind of a thing where they would even say to us, well, we can't help you. Whereas actually, yeah, Mel and Sue did help quite a lot. They're brilliant. Glenn was was size comparing with Howard. Yeah. It doesn't matter, Glenn. I, I... I found this one quite a weird one because I feel like uh, maybe it's because I knew what the Curon was, but I was so confused by people not doing it right. I think it became quite popular. I think at some point it became quite popular and so now we all know what it was, but maybe back then people didn't Christine really know. Because Christine was like, like actively trying to make sure the outsides weren't showing and, and yeah. things like that. I mean, Ruby was doing really well because she knew exactly what it looked like. Yes. I yeah. thought a good challenge. I enjoyed watching it, but just like last week, really, like I... I enjoyed watching it, but there wasn't much to kind of talk about. I no. was like, oh, cool. Okay. And the judges generally liked them all. They, they'd all done it. Oh, I did done... write down, sorry to interrupt. Um, Sue said, now your rings must face the judgment of Paul. <laughs> what do you think Paul would say about your ring? Well, yeah, we didn't have to show him our rings, did we? <laughs> I think he would have liked it. Um, yeah, they, they, in this one, they all did quite well. The signature, they kind of generally did quite bad. In this one, they generally did quite well. In the judging, Paul did say that Glenn needed to be thicker. Christine was too thin at one end and too thick at the other. Mm. Howard wasn't spread evenly. Don't oh. spread evenly, Howard. And Ruby was tempting and delicious. I I was annoyed though for Becca because the reason that she was put at the second from bottom was because her icing was a bit thick. I know. In sweet dough week. I'm like, look at the bread. But then again, the only thing I can say with that is it's probably because they'd all done really quite well. They mm. all looked quite delicious. She'd to done eat. better than than sixth place. <laughs> I was well, cross about that. In seventh was Howard. He did, didn't do that well. In sixth was Becca. Sorry. Justice for Becca. Um, fifth was Glenn. Third was Kimberly. Second was Francis. And first was Ruby. It feels a bit harsh not to do fourth. Consider Ruby, this Ruby, so <laughs> who is fourth there? Oh, Christine. Christine. Um, so onto the showstopper. The showstopper, they had to do two different varieties of European sweet buns. And they had, I've written 30 minutes to. Oh, that, I was writing that correctly. Yeah. They had 30 minutes that evening. So they've had a long day of doing a signature and a technical of bread. Then they've got 30 minutes that night to do it and then four hours the next day. So they'd done five points, like five and three quarter hours of baking that day already, plus all the judging and all the interviews. Like realistically, they'll have done about eight hours, nine hours of filming and then have to do more. Oh, awful i mean it was a lot um they all seem to be quite into it though maybe it's because they were a bit buoyed by the technical but do you think so you know how the tent because it's, t- it's a tent right your ingredients are left out overnight so we would when we were filming kind of earlier in the season you'd go down on a friday night your ingredients would kind of be set out you'd check they were all there because you'd start really early in the morning and they'd put them all into like a kind of bowl and put them into the proving drawer and close the proving drawer so the squirrels couldn't get them <laughs> yeah do you remember that yeah that's not a made bake like if they started making a bake who's guarding do they have security on on the like squirrel catches on oh, the tent did. flaps? But they were oh, sorry everything... for saying flaps. <laughs> <laughs> everything they were making was in the fridge though, because brioche dough. True, but like in the fridge. My cat's and she's trying to get through that door right now. My cat could get in, <laughs> get in <laughs> the fridge. 
Hazel's trying to get through the front door. She's trying to break <laughs> through the lock. So you'll see her paws come underneath the door in a second. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. And it's something we've been talking about for a while. Like, I love the idea of a golden hour the night before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that they can get stuff going and then continue the next day. Like, you could do that with sourdough. You could do that with croissants. I think they did do that with croissants, actually. They did that more in the early series, though. They're just not as brave anymore. Mm. Um, Mary said that Paul is an expert with buns. Well. And then Paul said, at eating them too. Oh, well, he likes to eat buns, does I'm glad he? he wasn't eating the buns in our tent. Um, <laughs> Sue was walking around wearing a really ugly, crumpled white apron at one point. Yes, I saw that. And <laughs> there was no there was from? no explanation no. for it either. I think she must... You know when they do like the silly time calls? Maybe there was a time call that they didn't bother using. And it was like she was wearing it for that or something. They did that on Pottery Thread on this week with Siobhan and like some gravy. Oh, yes. And I yeah. was looking for the gravy mistake later on and it was gone. And I was like, oh, just a bit then. Grave mistake. I thought maybe she, they'd done that right at the end of the day because that was the well, top yeah, she was but, wearing. But, but she did the, it was like a time call like halfway through the first challenge and then like in the next shot it was clean again and I was like, well, commit to the bit, please. Exactly. <laughs> um, so who did you like? Um, I liked Frances's Francis's because she was doing knots and crosses. She loves the theme. So she was doing hot cross bun brioches and rhubarb and strawberry custard coraches. Corache? Corache? I've written collashes, but I could have been writing it wrong. Basically, like a, a Czech sweet bun. Um, and she was doing knots and crosses with them, which I thought was very smart and clever. She's so clever. She was saying that the hot cross buns were obscenely big. They actually just like, looked like normal size to me. But yeah, yeah. They, and she did get very good uh, judging. They said they were slightly overproved, but in general, all very good flavours and textures, which considering they always say a style over substance, she really hit it. I liked just about every one of these i, I thought howard really pulled it out the bag here actually yeah I with did. his peachy buns which looked like peaches yep that I thought was, they, I was i couldn't quite believe it like i couldn't believe they looked so because he hasn't done anything like that before he normally does the quite homely bakes he really showed that he could do something a bit different i thought they were fab and his baumschnecken they did say i think it sometimes That's when something looks that. amazing and they did say it was quite bland and dry it can be quite a big disappointment if you think it's gonna be a lot better but oh, i love any kind of sweet bread mm. and all of these the ones that are like a really soft bread and then there's a custard or a creme pat and then a fruit thing in the middle honestly all the, of them was delicious. Um, Becca doing cardamom spiced lemon iced buns. Oh, yes. very nice. Or the um, cherry and raisin schnecken from Christine. And then also the kind of vanilla custard school broad things that she'd done as well. Oh, oh, give me all a schnecken. Give me a schnecken. Although Glenn, who was doing cannibal and so he was kind of doing, it's what um, Henry did in our festival week. Yeah. He was kind of tying together long strands of dough. And then he was panicking about them, asked Kimberly for some advice. Kimberly was like, I'll just turn it upside down. He did that and they all unraveled and kind of unspooled. And I thought, oh. It's quite harsh because when you are, if someone comes over and says something, like something's going wrong and someone's trying to be my, nice and saying like, oh, it's okay, actually, this will be fine. You can't respond in a nice way. Obviously, you're pissed off. Yeah, of course. And I really enjoyed in my season, my season, not my, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> where it's very first week and I just accidentally flipped a cake upside down onto the, fucking hob like it was lying out on the side and Amelia was behind me at the microwave and she turned around and she went you're all right and I went no <laughs> and then she just turned back to the microwave and carried on what she was doing and I think it's really funny because that just sums up our relationship she's just like he'll be fine in a couple of minutes I'll just leave him to it it's best because like, also Glenn was fine it was okay um there was a BB there in the BB, BB, I did watch this one because there was a f oven and there was a pleasure garden. There was. It's what you call. My, <laughs> it's what you call my kitchen, isn't it? Where's Michael? Oh, they're in the f oven again. And your garden, the pleasure garden. 
Actually, my f- oven's just next to my pleasure garden. It is. Can we put a f- oven as the title of it? I don't think we can. No, I think we should probably explain now, actually, because it's probably going a bit too long. <laughs> Basically, they were talking about a Sally Lund, which is a cake in the historic town of Bath, and they were baked in a f- oven, and they were enjoyed in pleasure gardens. That's all you're getting. Watch the episode if you haven't seen I it. Actually, they didn't actually explain what a f- oven was. They just kind of brushed past it. <laughs> no. I don't actually know what the f- it is, now I think about it. Well, I only know... Apart from what I can see. <laughs> and then the meat thing. There's, you have a... F- don't which know what is the like, meat thing. What's the meat thing? Oh, it's just some meat wrapped in something. It's like a sausage, I think. So is that why we get called... <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> anyway, star baker this week was Ruby. Ruby. We actually haven't spoken about her much. <laughs> Alex got his head in his hands. Uh, we haven't spoken about her much, but she did smashing this week. She did do smashing. And going home, I was genuinely shocked i'd written down so i'd already begun to close the notes app i'd written down glenn i had written glenn as well <laughs> genuinely exactly the same and then it said howard and i was like what i think it's just because also because howard's so iconic i just thought he went longer he dealt with it with so much grace and humility i was completely shocked i i think he's i think glenn's brilliant as well but it felt to me like this was howard's week to stay and glenn to go howard so it's a sad farewell to one of the most iconic bakers to ever grace the tent. He's one of the ones the nation kind of first truly fell in love with, isn't he? Oh yes, he is. It was nice. To oh see Ru- no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> not Panto Michael. It was nice to see Ruby take the win too, though. About time. Yes. Now on to our taste test for this week, and this one comes from Chick, who says that one of their colleagues swears by peanut butter sandwiches with onion and banana. Hmm, let's say interesting. So does Chick go to jail or should we continue to allow them to walk the streets? You decide. Except we're about to decide right after this. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, it's us. Did you miss us? It must be difficult being apart from us for those precious seconds spent listening to various people flogging their wares. Speaking of which, have you heard about our OnlyFans? It's our exclusive page where you can get loads of bonus behind-the-scenes tea, which we are absolutely not allowed to do on the podcast. Not just that, but we also share ad-free episodes, recipes, chats with special guests, and loads more. And this could all be yours for the price of a chocolate orange a month. Just pop over to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys to find out more and join in on all the fun. Right, the flogging is a Officially over. Over? I was just getting started. <laughs> I think jail? A jail. Question jail. mark? I'm and trying to work it out. Is the onion cooked or is it raw? Oh, actually, a caramelised onion would be not Do you know what so I mean? Bad. Because like a caramelised onion chutney I can kind of get more on board with. I like peanut butter on its own. I don't like that. I've had peanut butter and banana before and it's okay. Peanut but... butter and marmite? Yeah, I would do that, but not onion. I feel like I could do peanut butter and banana. I, I get that as kind of a breakfasty thing. This should probably be the case for every single taste test, but it's like, if Chick wants to do it, you do it. But you're not making me do it. Don't undermine the format. It's a no, <laughs> it's a no for Chick. <laughs> right, uh, disaster of the week. Let's put in the sting. Disaster of the week. Ah! I, I had a disaster last week. I tried to make flapjacks after we spoke about it on the podcast and they came out as like a slop. How? Like a crispy top, like burnt nearly on top. And then the rest was just runny. Which Paul Hollywood recipe did you get? <laughs> it was from this weird book called Good to Eat by David Atherton. <laughs> and I was expecting it to do much better. It'd be super healthy if it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, what recipe did you do? It was like a BBC Good Food one. And then I kind of played around with it a bit. But maybe I played with it too much. <laughs> You're always playing too <laughs> Story much. Story of my life. Uh, let's crack on to the inbox. because We've got some quite juicy ones, actually. So the first one in the inbox is from Sammy, who says, I'm writing in because for the life of me, I can't figure out how I feel about one of my friends. We've been best friends since we were in preschool, American, um, and have recently, within the last few months, been spending pretty much all our free time together. Imagine having free time, David. Oh, that sounds delicious. Around this time last year, we were in what could be called a relationship. And I say that because literally nothing between us changed. We were just acting like best friends who happened to have that label. We did eventually break up, though. Things seem to go back to normal, since nothing had really changed to begin with. I need you to explain what that means to me, David. I'm I confused. mean, first of all, so they had a friendship. A friendship. It became a relationship, nothing really changed. And then it went back to being a friendship again, and nothing really changed again. But, so did they not have sex in their relationship, or did they have sex when they were friends? But they might not be having sex, it might be asexual. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's one of the things, because that, that would make sense for it not really changing very well, much. Well, Sammy now says, now for the tricky bit. <laughs> <laughs> So they haven't confused us enough yet. I haven't been able to shake what I think could be real romantic feelings for them since we started hanging out more. We cuddle, we kiss each other and call it platonic. And we joke about our house and three kids, which to be fair has been a bit of ours for years. Okay, a bit like a bit of me, like a bit of ours, sure. Um, we also talk a lot about their Tinder dates and I will regularly become insufferably jealous. I can't help but think something might be there that I didn't realise, but I'm scared to tell them and potentially not be able to go back to how things are or were. So sorry this whole thing was pretty long, but I'm hoping to get a third opinion, the second being my therapist. <laughs> um, platonic isn't kissing each other, just for clarity. No, it's not. And second of all, Sammy, come to us second, therapist third. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I get it, though. Like, I, I understand the feeling of like someone that you kind of had a bit of a thing with and a bit of a, a feeling for. 
and then they start talking about their dates, you can be a bit like, Ugh. yeah. And I don't, any ones we've had where people say they're scared of saying something because they don't want it to change. I totally get that as well. Cause I've been a couple of times when you're in that situation where, you know, okay, I love having this intimacy with them on this level. I think I might want more, but I'm terrified of saying something because then I might lose all the kind of friendship and intimacy I already have. And I would be happy just having that. So what's your advice then? The advice is go and speak to your therapist, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> I think say it. Yeah, I think say it. I just I think at the end of the day, it's always best to because if it, if things are going to change, get over it now. Because exactly. otherwise it's just going to drag on. And it's it's all, now you're feeling these feelings. You will always have felt these feelings. So even if you're still friends in two years time and you say nothing, there will, there will always be a kind of a secret thing that you felt and not told them. And so, you know what? These guys have been friends close as well since preschool. I reckon they can take it. <laughs> oh <laughs> we didn't see any pictures <laughs> but i would definitely say say it see how they respond to it if they respond being like i don't see you like that anymore though you can be like cool give me like a week to be embarrassed and then let's get back to it yeah like one of the best things what so somebody once made a move on me oh oh can you imagine um and i i was like oh i don't think i feel the same way and i was so impressed with how they handled it because they were like okay cool give me a week to be embarrassed by this then we can kind of continue as as usual and i was like cool that's like so self-aware that you need to be you need to be able to be a bit, a bit mortified for a bit yeah <laughs> and then to be like cool it's fine and it's been fine ever since i had a similar thing where i had one of my best friends who was a woman that declared her undying love for me and it was really like you say awkward for no, but I was, and I was obviously just like this ridiculously rugged, I mean, I did ballet and wore nail varnish to school every week. So I was like, <laughs> really? Um, but anyway, she did. And she kind of did it in a way of thinking like, I don't think this is going to say it, but I just need to say it. And it was really good because it was like, then we got over it. We've been like friends, really close friends ever since. Oh, so awesome. I think say it. Yeah. Uh, there's one more thing that hasn't been said. Oh no. You were in a relationship before and now you're not. Oh, I thought you were talking to me and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you were in a relationship you before. You were making eye contact. <laughs> Uh, you might be looking back on this relationship with rose-tinted glasses. So just consider, objectively, do you like them that much? And do you want them to be your missus? Um... <laughs> Alex holds the microphone like he's a singer. He does. And he also makes like really intense eye contact yeah. with you while he does it. He quite... does a little set because he sits all slouched. And as soon as he gets the microphone, he like gets all perked up and yeah, like proper. thinking about it. We look at each other in the eye quite a lot, but like it doesn't feel quite as like, I think it's you're quite starey. Yeah, Alex is quite scary. <laughs> Your eyes widen. When Michael says he looks at me in the eye, at the moment, I'm sitting at the end of Michael's bed. He's at the top end of his bed. And behind me, <laughs> I know <laughs> there, is a, me. there is a calendar of two naked men. Three, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, three. One's on a one's drop on strap. One's on his knees with his penis out. And the other one's got his bum facing. So just for clarity, this is um, art. Um, this is called the Red Hot 100. So every year, like all the hot gingers in all of them, not all of them, but hot gingers in the UK sell a, a calendar to support Terence Higgins Trust, which is a um, charity which helps to prevent the spread of HIV and AIDS. So what are you doing <laughs> to help that community, David? Well, I want to sit at the other end of the bed so I can look at it. Why do you get to see it all the time? <laughs> it's lovely. The bum cheeks are just next to your eyes. Um, <laughs> right. This is a long episode. Uh, the next up is Elliot. And Elliot has a story. Are you ready? I'm ready. You said that was under determination. Thank you. <laughs> Not right. giving it to Michael. <laughs> My boyfriend's parents came to stay for the Christmas period for the first time. It was a big deal because he came out later in life. We're in our thirties. Quick pause. Thirties is not later in life. I mean, I've just entered my 30s. But it's later than 16 or 17, I think they're meaning. Yes, but it's earlier than 40, 50, 60, 17, 80. 
Yeah, but they're not talking about dying. They're just talking about coming out. It's quite late for coming out, basically. Sure, fine. You were in your 30s, to be fair. Exactly. Um, and I'm his first boyfriend, so I wanted it to be special. They'd gone out for a walk on Boxing Day, and we thought we'd take advantage of the situation. Oh, dear. We were in the living room on the sofa and got closer to each other, and, well, one thing led to another. We were very much in the middle of things when his parents suddenly came home, with him with his trousers round his ankles and me very much naked on top of him. It was literally the worst moment of my entire life. It was horrifically awkward, and his mum didn't make eye contact with me for the rest of the day. His dad kept giving me weird smiles, but my boyfriend said that it wasn't that big a deal and they'll have, quote, forgotten all about it. I've not seen them since. and We've not really spoken apart from a few texts. What in fresh hell should I do? Change your name. Let's just say... <laughs> Leave the country. <laughs> let's just say that they 100% will never forget that. No. No way never, would you forget never, that. Never, 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 never. I think what you should do is somehow make a joke about it when they see each other next. So then it can be like talked about and then they never have to talk no, about I it again. I genuinely think I would have to break up with that person. No. If this happened to you and Nick and your parents walked in... Yeah, I'd make it. I honestly, about a week later, I'd make a joke about it. What would you say? I would just say like, knock next time when they ever come into a room. Oh, that is quite. That's quite quick. You quite just funny. say something like but that. Like Nick it was, would simply want to be dead. No, I think Nick Nick would find it funny. I All when right. I'm in like when we're at Nick's house and stuff, I don't get dressed to go to the toilet. I'll just walk to the toilet naked and just think if someone sees me, fine. Or like <laughs> if you've just been having sex and you want to go and clean up, it's just like yeah. No one's going to see, but if they did, it's not the worst thing in the world. So David's advice is to make a joke. Mine is to leave the country. (laughs) (laughs) And change their name. Do you know what? We might have to save the Is It Rude Twos for next week because it's quite a lengthy one this week. It is a lengthy one. So that is your lot for the week. Can you believe you'll have to wait a whole other week to hear from us again? Oh, that sounds truly terrible. But don't worry. There's a way to avoid having to wait. Oh, really? Tell me more, David Atherton author of the three cookbooks in the winners of the Bake Off series 10. Five cookbooks. Well, if you fancy treating yourself to our OnlyFans, you can find loads of bonus content, including random ramblings, recipes, including the ones we used in the tent, extra bits that didn't even make the episode, and ad-free versions of the podcast each and every week. Not only that, but if you join now, you'll be able to access over a year's worth of bits and bobs right back to the beginning of the podcast. And we also offer little discounts if you buy a year's worth of subscription. So just hop on over to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys to find out more remember we also want to hear from you any baking disasters you need solving bake-off questions you need answering or dating problems you need to share we want them all before your therapist drop us a dm on socials at sticky bum boys or pop us an email like in the olden days at sticky at gmail.com we'll see you next week and in the meantime keep them sticky <laughs> Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Oh, very professional, David. In one breath. <laughs> We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.